This is Ashley, and this is School on Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I wanted to talk to you people pleasers. Attention, people pleasers, this one is for you. This is an opportunity, though, to call you in, not out, because the truth is, people pleasers, that y'all get a bad rep. Y'all are out here caring about people's feelings, trying to be generous, trying to be thoughtful, and people are beating you up at every turn. But I'm here to tell you in a gentle and nudging way that your desire to people please isn't all bad, right? There's value in caring what other people think about you, in honoring other people's perception and vision of you. It should not be controlling your life and work, but I think that people who are not self-aware and don't care about how others see them or perceive them, that's a danger zone. However, one of the things that I want to invite you into, people pleaser, is that if that is your primary goal to please or appease other people, you can only do that if you're around to do it. You can only do that if you're taking care of yourself, if you're prioritizing yourself, if you are having healthy relationships and boundaries with other people so that you could serve them in the ways that you want to be served. This is a conversation that I regularly have with my mentees because Um, I think about a mentee, Sarah, who is caring for an aging parent, caring for her aging mother. And one of the things that I have to constantly remind Sarah is that not only is it important for her to care for and support her mother, but she also has to find time to prioritize her career development, to make sure that she's working for a company who values family, that she's earning enough money to support mom's home health aid, that she's, you know, being able to earn enough money to be a appropriate support system for her family. And I think sometimes in our effort to please other people, we're abandoning everything that we desire, everything that we care for. But if we were really committed to, you know, for example, pleasing them, we'd also have to be, of course, concerned about ourselves and concerned about the things that we know we need to prioritize to even support or please our families in the ways that we desire. So people pleasers, this one is for you. I'm here to share with you that your desire to help and support and your self-awareness around how other people see you isn't all bad, but it can't be the thing that makes you abandon who you are and abandon your own values and attempt to people please. If you're struggling with people pleasing and how it's impacting your career, I'm here to serve you. I'm accepting new mentees and you can learn more about how to work with me on mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. Now we're gonna shift to I digress. And this week I'm thrilled to invite our guest, Brittany M. Scott, a licensed professional counselor and an expert and coach on mother-daughter relationships. She helps mothers and daughters understand how their adult lives impact their relationships and how to build healthy roadmaps to healthy relationships for mothers and daughters. Welcome to the show, Brittany. Hi, Ashley in School in Life. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. And I'm excited for you to share your expertise on the mother and daughter relationship with my audience. So I first wanted to talk about how a mother and daughter could recognize if their relationship requires the support of a coach, right? How? What kind of questions can you help my audience ask themselves? Or what kind of red flags or warning signs might they make, might they look out 
for in their relationship with their mother or their relationship with their daughter to recognize that their relationship might benefit from coaching? So a few things stand out for me when I think about trying to make sure that mothers and daughters are kind of taking inventory of their relationships. So first is, are you lying to your mom in areas you don't have to lie about because you would just rather not have the conversation? And so instead of standing in who you are as a woman and the choices that you make for your own life, you lie to your mom because you don't want her judgment. You don't want her opinion. You don't want her to try and change your mind. So you lie instead of just being honest because maybe there's no room to be honest. Another one is that you are seeking out people who you can talk to about your mom. And that is like, listen, she's driving me crazy. This is what she's doing. She, this keeps happening. I don't know what to do when she does this. If you're finding that you're seeking out these people to be able to talk about it, it could probably use some work. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Like the lying part really resonates with me. And, you know, I think that, you know, and you tell me if I'm wrong, you know, I think that there's a part of adolescence where, you know, you know, daughters start to kind of maybe like, you know, be more secretive and, you know, sort of keep and hold some things back. And some of that might be healthy development. But if you like a big grown woman in your age and you just constantly lie to your mama, you can't tell her nothing about your personal life because of judgment or, you know, fear, that is where it would really be problematic. Does that sound accurate? Yes. Yes. I do think there are boundaries that we draw and our moms don't know every single aspect of our life. And there are some things we keep to ourselves. But if you're just lying on purpose, okay, sis, it's time to to take an inventory. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that. So one of the things that you share and often talk about is that the old rules of femininity that keep getting passed down from generation to generation for women don't always help and support healthy mother-daughter relationships. Can you talk a bit about what some of those old rules of femininity are and why they no longer apply? I would say the biggest one that stands out is women have historically had to be in service to everyone else. And when we are always in service to others, we do not have the capacity to take care of ourselves. And that creates motherhood where we now look to our daughters who take care of us. And so that generation of just caretaking, it it, it keeps cycling through the next generation because now we need the daughter to take care of us. And now we need the daughter, the other daughter to take care of us. And it just keeps being passed down because instead of somebody taking care of and supporting mom, with you know, or just woman before she becomes mom, now she's waiting on that daughter to be born to take care of her. Yeah. You know, I never thought about it like that, that like, a legacy of caretaking can be burdensome, right? And if those, if there's an expectation that's not met, then that can really negatively impact the relationship. And so getting clear on that, working through that is like what mothers and daughters would need to like build, rebuild a healthy relationship. So that is, that is so good. I recently watched one of your videos where you talked about how men and male figures can impact mother-daughter relationships. So can you talk a little bit about how the men in our lives can either help or hurt a healthy mother-daughter relationship? Yes. So the way that men show up for 
their partner is going to impact the mother-daughter relationship either negatively or positively. So we have this woman who is in relationship with this man. They produce a child, a daughter, since we are talking about mothers and daughters. If that man is not capable of supporting the mom emotionally through just things that have to go on in the home, taking care of the home, being there for her physically, as well as emotionally. Now we have a mom who's missing the support that she needs. She has a gap in emotional support. She has a gap in taking care of the home. She is going to look to her daughter to help her fill that gap. Now we have a daughter who's taking care of the mom instead of the partner taking care of the mom. And then we leave a gap for the daughter to to receive emotional support. When the mom should be passing it down, she's pulling it out of her daughter because there's no one around her providing that for her. And so depending on how men show up in that relationship will depend on what the mom is going to require or need from her daughter. And that's why we see, I think, the conundrum of, oh, he was a great father, but a really bad partner. And that sucks. Why can you show up for your daughter so amazingly, but you couldn't show up for her mom in the same way? Yeah, for sure. And I think that some of that, I imagine, can breed some resentment, right? And so on either side, right, maybe they were a great partner, but an absentee parent, and now the the daughter resents the mother, or the opposite, that they were, you know, a doting father, but an absentee partner, and now the mother resents the daughter. And, And like you said, the way men show up can absolutely impact the mother daughter relationship that is so golden and i don't think i've i don't know i don't think i've ever sort of thought about that in in such an intentional way so thank you for bringing that to light so now Brittany, i want to talk about some of the mother daughter archetypes right so we think about the bossy oldest daughter we think about you know the annoying and attention seeking middle daughter we think about the helicopter mom. We think the self-indulged mom. Do you think that these archetypes are helpful for us understanding one another and some of the attributes attributes of mothers and daughters? Or do you think they're, they're harmful as labels that don't really help us get at who mothers and daughters truly are? I think it can be both. And I think it's the way that it's used. Is it used to shame the mom? oh, you're this kind of mom, why are you doing this? Or, oh, you're this kind of mom, I wonder what you are trying to either cover up or overcompensate for what you didn't receive. Our behaviors tell a story. They don't just start out of nowhere. And so I think if you're using the archetypes to understand that mom and why she showed up that way, then it's absolutely useful. But if you just want to shame her, She's going to hide away or she's going to become very defensive and that shuts out a relationship. Yeah, yeah. So like using them to sort of understand, but not using them to shame is is the strategy you'd recommend. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's say someone has heard you talk about mothers and daughters and they're like, you know what? Me and my mom will really benefit from this because our relationship 
is a challenge and I know, you know, I really need to repair it, right? You talked about earlier, like how to recognize if it requires support, like you recognize from listening to this, oh yeah, I've been lying to my mama. She don't even know who I am, right? Or, you know, I'm constantly in my girlfriend's ear, like, you know, girl, my mama, right? Like, so you've recognized that you want to have this conversation. What kind of, what kind of framework or what kind of language, right? Could you give my listeners for the daughter who wants to engage her, her mother in this conversation? First is if this is a, a path you want to go down, I really want you to focus on viewing your mom as a woman, as an individual person, and not through the lens of a mother. Because the path that I take down my clients down is to truly understand who each other are, mom and daughter, and that it's not about blaming. We're not going to shame. We, when you spend time with me, you're spending time to understand who each other are so that you can remain in relationship. And so if you're capable of viewing your mom as a woman, then you'll be able to understand why she made the decisions that she made or lack thereof. Why did she choose not to do things? And her behaviors can start to make sense if you are able to open up and listen to her story. And moms will have the capacity to truly open up and tell her story if she knows she's in an environment where people actually want to know and they're not just trying to look at her as this bad mom. Yeah, that's so good, right? Like, I think that, unfortunately, my mother passed when I was 24 years old. So I didn't have a lot of, like, adult woman this time to like see her as also an adult woman. But I can imagine right in my mid thirties, you know, had my mother lived like what it would have been like to like see her as a fully formed adult and not just my mama, you know, right. And, 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 and evaluate her choices and her perspective in a more humanistic way than just like my mama, you know? So I think that that feedback is really good. So the last question I have for you is that you have a quote on your Instagram that I think is worthy of some dissection. So you say, sometimes your sense of self-worth and self-love are wrapped up in what your mother couldn't give you. Can you break that down for us, Brittany, and maybe talk about what that means for the woman that that resonates with? Yes. So I think this Part of it goes back to how you opened up the show today in people pleasing. Also, another explanation is about seeking out, why did I forget my word? Validation. Yes. Seeking <laughs> out validation from other people. I was like, vulnerable is not the word I was looking for. Seeking out validation. And so when our moms struggle or just don't have the capacity because of whatever societal factors played a role while we were growing up. When she does not provide emotional support for us, when she does not show up and be our cheerleader, when she does not cheer on our decisions, even if they end up being mistakes, like when she does not show up in the capacity of a mother that a growing daughter needs, we start to internalize those things. Well, if I can just accomplish more, if I can just make more money, if I can just show other people that I'm good at these things, then I will get that emotional support. I will get that validation. I will get the praise. You 
you start to try and search out those things you missed from other people. And it shows up in your behavior, such as people pleasing, such as asking, oh, is this a good idea? Do you guys like this? Should I do this? Even though in your heart you want to, but you keep searching for somebody else to say yes, because you did not have that stability growing up and knowing that somebody was going to support you, even if it didn't show up, if even if it didn't come out correctly or it ended up being a mistake, no one was there to do that. And so you constantly are seeking the approval of other people because your mom didn't provide it. Yeah. So that, so then there could be indeed like a sense of lack because your mom didn't give you what you, what you needed. Or if your mom did give you what you needed, you can, and, and you were, you know, pleased by that, you might have a high requirement from other people, which could be good, but may also be unattainable or unreachable for other people. And so, yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. Thanks for breaking that down. And for those who that resonates with. I hope that 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 helps and that heals in some way. So Brittany, I know so many of my listeners are going to benefit from what you shared today, and they may want to think about how they can work with you to be able to really work on repairing or building a strategic roadmap to repair their relationships with their mother. So can you tell my audience where they can learn more about you and your work? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. It's at the Brittany Scott at the Brittany is B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y Scott. And there, all of my links are there on what offers that I have. And to get you started, I have a free workbook. It's about 45 pages and it's going to start walking you through the dynamics that hurt mother-daughter relationships and it's kind of like a journaling workbook where I'm at. There's questions in there for you to reflect on your own relationship to see if any of these have shown up for you and what behaviors they've, they've caused from you in adulthood. Love that. Thank you so much, Brittany. And know that we'll put all of these details in the show notes. So feel free to grab that free resource or to check out her website where you can learn more about her and her work from the show notes as well. Brittany, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with this audience. Yes, thank you for having me. Brittany, that was awesome. Thanks so much for sharing your expertise again with the audience. We're going to wrap up this week's episode with TVT. And since Brittany was a guest here and talking about how to repair and heal the mother-daughter relationship, I thought in TVT this week, I'd share some of my favorite mother-daughter relationships on TV. You all know here on the School and Life audience that I'm a big TV fan. And so I like combed through my last, I don't know, a few years of TV watching to kind of pull out some of my favorite TV mother-daughters. And I guess I shouldn't say few years. This, this actually kind of go back a long time. Actually, I'm dating myself with some of these mother-daughter relationships, but I'm going to give it to you. So first up, my all-time favorite mother-daughter relationship is Lorelai and Rory from Gilmore Girls. I watch Gilmore Girls at least like, once a year. I watch the entire like 14 season show once a year. I love it. It's my all-time favorite fall cozy show. Y'all can say nothing to me about Gilmore Girls. Another mother-daughter relationship that I like, and this mother actually had a couple of daughters, but I really loved her relationship with two of them. So Claire Huxtable, a classic mother, TV mother, and Vanessa and Rudy from the Cosby show, classic mother-daughter relationship. I really love Rainbow Johnson and her relationship with Diane, especially her relationship with Diane, but also her relationship with Zoe. This is from Blackish. Love that relationship. 
And finally, one of my faves in recent TV is Rebecca Pearson and her daughter, Kate, from This Is Us. Um, These relationships are complicated. Sometimes they're fraught. But I just, I think that because I lost my mother in like my early 20s, I love to see like mother-daughter relationships on TV and just kind of see how they like navigate that. And so these are some of my faves that do it well. So Brittany, let me know, what are your favorite mother-daughter relationships on TV? And it can be like favorite, like super toxic and you love to see it burn or like really beautiful and you love to see them flourish. Okay. So of course, Claire Huxtable. Absolutely. She, I think was the epitome of gentle parenting and what people are trying to strive for today. She she was ahead of her time. She already did that, you know, set the healthy boundaries and held up firm to her boundaries without needing to be overly aggressive to her girls. So absolutely love that. One relationship that I think can is was very toxic. Firefly Lane. OMG. Um, yes. Like, oh my God, that mom drove me crazy. Drove me crazy. Yes, uh, I'm trying to think. I've got to pull the names up. Okay, so we're talking about, are we talking about Tully Hart, the character Tully Hart and her um, mother? Cloud. Um, Cloud, yes. Yes. <laughs> O-M-G. I mean, talk about dependent and inappropriate rate, ways. Talk about role, role switching in inappropriate ways through the life cycle of the relationship. It was yeah. like, from the time that baby was like six, so the time she was like 40, her mother was just a mess. Yes, a mess. She was. It was, that was a very, very tough mother-daughter relationship. Yeah, Cloud drove me crazy. I'm like, Cloud, just go away. Just leave Tully alone. <laughs> Literally leave it, leave it all alone. But when we talk about, you know, I know you talk a lot about in your work, like generational, like shifts and generational trauma. And baby, when I tell you she she picked up her mama ways, like, oh my God. Like she did. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> and then there's another one on Netflix, Jenny and Georgia. Jenny and Georgia. Yes. Oh, Heavenly yes. Father. Yes. Oh my gosh. Talk about toxic mother-daughter relationships. And it's not just that relationship. The the mother, the 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 ex-boyfriend's mom. And her relationship with her daughter and then her relationship with Georgia. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's just toxic. I mean, I feel like I'm sure for you, like as a therapist who supports mother and daughters, you're constantly battling the TV archetypes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, like yes. you know, you know, you don't have to be like this. You don't have to be like Claire Huxtable. You don't got to be like Cloud. Like there is a healthy middle ground. Yes. 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 There is a healthy uh, medium. Yeah. I think one thing that Jenny and Georgia did do well, though, just thinking about the show, not it's also about the relationship, but they really brought it back to trying to understand why Georgia did what she did. I don't think we fully got that from Tully and Cloud about tell us more about why Cloud is acting this way. I think we got a little bit, but I really wanted more of Cloud's backstory because all behaviors have a reason of why they're happening. But we got some of that with Jenny and Georgia. And so we got to have a softer heart for Georgia. But my goodness, like her daughter, she treated her like she was an adult. She was still a little girl. Literally like she, yeah, that, yeah. I love that, that idea of backstory and just like 
I think that kind of goes back to like the real life of like, you know, you have to recognize that your mother is a fully formed human woman adult and she's not just your mama and her reactions and behaviors don't just become because she's your mama, but they come because she's a fully human adult with other things going on in her life. So yeah, that's, that's like a really good reminder. And I think that whether TV is a reflection of what, how we actually are, or if we're mimicking things from TV, who knows? But I do think that these shows be besides bringing like the drama and the dramatics i do think that you know they help us maybe understand what we might avoid about mother daughter you know problematic relationships but also maybe remind us of what we can be doing to improve those relationships yes absolutely so there's a lot to learn even if it's toxic <laughs> yes indeed indeed <laughs> Brittany, thank you so much for joining the show as a reminder listeners please be sure to share this episode with a friend word of mouth is the greatest way for podcasts to grow and when we have a great guest like Brittany, who's talking about an area of expertise that so many of us can benefit from i hope that you share it with a friend drop it in that group me let the girls know i listened to this it was really good you should check it out. And if you like the show, make sure you rate and review it. This wraps up this week's episode of School and Life. School's out. Class dismissed.